I just want to take a moment. Um, I feel like I need joy. I feel like I need for us to have a fun show today because, because it's just been a heavy couple of weeks for everybody. And in particularly, you know, the OG Black Twitter slash online media community lost one of our own today. Um, so, you know, I just want to, I mean, a t- shout out is not the right word, but, you know, I want to, in a public place, thank Jasmine Waters, a.k.a. Jazz Fly, for the amount of inspiration that she's given us for a legacy that she's left that's going to inspire other people. Um, you know, there tends to be this thing where, like, if you're a hip-hop writer or if you have a career in hip-hop in general, at some point you have to grow up and move that on to something else or whatever, um, and for a lot of people, that growing up and moving on to something else means leaving their passion completely and going and doing something completely different. You know what I mean? And still being super successful or whatever. But um, she was the first of our generation of writers to go from blogging to television as a personality and then to television as a writer and not like on some hip hop shows, which there's no disrespect. Like, I, I mean that, I don't mean that a shade at all um, because we need writers in all of our spaces and we need writers, good writers to write all types of content. Right. That's how we all grow. Right. But to go from being a hip hop blogger to writing on a full season of this is us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and every time I would see the credits at the end of the show and it would say Jazz Waters, I'd be screaming like, this is somebody who I have, you know, online interactions with. Like I said, in the early days of my Twitter experience on that, I I like to call it Black Twitter 1.0. We have a lot of friends in common. I've seen a lot of people on my timeline who are in pain right now because they were actually, and I don't want to even make it seem like she and I were close. Like she and I, she might not have even remembered my name if she saw me. Or she might be one of those people that only knew me as St. Boogie and wouldn't know if you said Ty. But definitely somebody that impacted my life, that impacted my career, that, you know, gave me something that I can tell my nieces about that want to go into journalism or writing or whatever. So mm. uh, rest in peace, Jazz Fly, man. Shouts to, you know, sending lo- lots of love to her music and entertainment family as well as her actual family um yeah so i feel like i need i need um i need us to turn up the energy because i've been i've been fucked up all afternoon about it that's why we're starting so late is because like that definitely just sat me back for a minute so yeah that's unfortunate i saw um, jerry uh barrow post something about it on instagram the hip hop community and the hip hop writing community is super close knit as is the hip hop community period. So, you know, it, it's the loss, it uh, reverberates throughout for sure. Yeah. So, you know, when I was thinking about it earlier, cause I had to do this and I had to do yesterday's news, which is going to be on my Twitter page very, very late. And I'm going to act like it was up there very early, but it definitely wasn't. Um, it crossed my mind that the best way to honor a shining light is to shine yourself. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's the best way for us to honor her. So we don't give y'all a kick-ass show. We have a lot of things to talk about. Um, Outside is kind of open again. 
It is. It's opening up a little bit with I'm masks. Wait, let's... Hey, what's up, you guys? Hey. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the Chopping Block Podcast. It's your girl, Ty St. Boogie. And this is Scissor215. Oh, wait, my name is up there? I'm pointing. Your name's down here. Oh. Uh, but the... the uh, oh, the you're, title you're below me. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm above hey. you. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> y'all clearly, I can't see what y'all are seeing, but you know, we didn't upgrade the whole setup. I got lighting, I got girls, I got a mic or whatever. So, Popping. uh, I mean, you know, trying to, trying to be a, uh, trying to be a true content creator so I can marry me a baller that doesn't have a nine to five who can match my hustle. Life goal. That's a joke. Because that's not what I want. I want a nigga with a nine to five in insurance. Okay. That can put me on his shit as a spouse. Um, this is the Chopping Block Podcast. And that is, of course, the audio iteration, audio video iteration of the two most popular segments on iStandardProducers.com. Yep. One is uh, the Chopping Block, which is our track by track review of albums. We are just behind and we just need to do like a whole uh, dump of content for you guys because yeah. we've listened to a whole bunch of good shit this year. Yeah. Yeah. But we're also rolling with the vibe and the vibe is like, it's, it's elsewhere, a, you know? It's meh. Y'all gonna get this content when you get it, goddamn. It was a whole pandemic out this hole. You know what I'm talking about? And the other one is the credit check, which is our the most comprehensive listing of album credits you will find on these here interwebs. And we come together once a week, Sis and I, to give you a animated version of that. I'm going to enjoy this because you are truly turnt with that mic and that hairdo. I mean, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> tell y'all uncles I'm out chill um, and outside open it back up okay so look right so y'all see how I turn on this southwest Atlanta super heavy when I need to so look I am more freaked out about outside opening back up than I was about the lockdown so I'm torn because it just kind of happened. We're just out there. Right. Like, I went to the studio for the first time last weekend, and I was just like, I'm in there masked up. Niggas trying to give me daps, and I'm like, elbow. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's still going on. And then we got all the, you know, the, the protests, which have been raging. I mean, what's it, like, thir- day 13 now or something? Um, Coming up on it, yeah. And, you know, that's something that we've, had to be out for, um, and the COVID numbers are still going up. So, yeah. but they we got to go back outside. We were at 110,000, I think, on Monday, deaths. Mm-hmm. They're predicting 140,000 by June 27th. Mm. Um, I still hate saying it this way, but that's still like an infinitesimal percentage of the actual number of cases. It's still under 10%. Right. Um, you know, for better, or for worse. But as somebody pointed out a few weeks ago when we talked about it, yes, a lot of people are surviving, but what does that surviving look like? And that's different for everybody. We got to be, we got to make that a point because some people don't realize like this can leave you with 
issues. It can leave you with lingering issues. Like it might not, some people might be cool. Some people might have reduced lung capacity for the rest of their life. Like it's a lot of different things that can happen. So this is not something that anybody wants to get and get over. Even if you're in a, a healthy, you know, adult or whatever it is. Yeah. So y'all continue to like keep washing your hands, keep drinking water, keep taking your elderberry vitamins. I see toilet papers back out there. Shouts to toilet paper. Shouts to paper towels. <laughs> paper towels or not. Oh. It's rough, man. I had to had to uh, had to do some things at Costco to get, you know, get the toilet oh, paper. Oh god. Paper towel, not no things like that. That sounds like that sounds like uh that sounds like a, a, a possible offense. song in the making. <laughs> I know, right? Nah, but you know, um, what's not back is hand sanitizer. That's still um, no. So I just went to Target by North Lake, and they had a bunch. You know what? That makes sense about North Lake. You have to get outside of the city. Yeah, that's what it is. Because like, I know literally, like they have like like some this size. They had the little right. ones to keep you in car. And then I got mine. I got a a, a fresh little bottle from a gas station in uh, Tifton, Georgia. Tifton? Jesus. What are you doing in Tifton? Driving to Jacksonville. That's the halfway point. Yeah, no, my, yeah. Okay. Okay, so I'm, y'all know I'm super auntie. My best friend and my sister got pregnant the same year. Their sons are two months apart. Uh, so they both graduated eighth grade this year. And then mm. my best friend's two sisters had sons that same year who also graduated eighth grade. So, you know, we had a little party okay. for the boys. Really, I was it was my excuse to go have a grown-up sleepover with my best friend. Yeah, it's about time you got, you know, we, we gotta get back out here, man. We got we have yeah. to. I think I'm gonna go to brunch on Saturday. Tell me all about it. No, somebody told me we having a meeting on Saturday afternoon. And I was like, like in person? I mean, like I said, you know, everybody's back out um, in some form of fashion. And I'm not mad at it at all. I mean, I'm I'm really that picture of the person looking out the window, you know. So, like I said, I went out. Um, I feel more comfortable going out because I, I feel like I know how to prepare myself. I feel like I can go out and understand, like, what I need to do to mitigate uh, possibly contracting COVID-19. My problem is that people are out there like they don't even care. Right. Get them away from me, bro. That part. Clubs are back open in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm good on that. Like clubs, like nightclubs, like hookah, like drinks. You know, the people that really bother me are the people who are too cool to wear masks. So I fucked around and went to Target without a mask today completely by accident like i was trying to run in run out and grab something and i was 15 20 steps into the store and i was like "Fuck!" well at least but it's only one way in and one way out so to go back out and get my mask i would have had to walk past the shit that i needed to get anyway right but see i I mean i was like what's his name that wasn't the same energy though it wasn't the same like defiant like nah definitely not i was like homeboy from uh from harlem nights and they're like Take a little, take a little. No, you got to be careful coming around them aisles. Like, you come around that aisle, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, Target got them aisles where you come up out the aisle, you come around the corner, somebody with their cart coming that way, and you just don't, you want to avoid any face-to-face contact. Like, well, just, my ass, because it was the first time that I went into somebody's store without uh, without a mask, 
it was also the first time that I was the only motherfucker in there without a mask. Everybody wow. else is in there masked up except for the kids and all the adults. I just felt like everybody was judging the fuck out of me because I'm just sitting there like, ah, my hair is purple and I got no mask on. Fuck the world. No, that wasn't what happened. Yeah, I keep I keep two I keep two in the fanny pack. Um, I keep I got a hand sanitizer and I have some smaller portable ones, and I keep at least two pair of gloves just in case because. You just don't know. It's a survival kit. So. I keep a mask in the car. That's why I was so mad. Cause like I really like I it was just right there. But anyway, all right, you guys. So look. Um shouts to what are they, Gen Z? The little ones. I feel like we about to get past that. But yeah, Gen Z. I'd say like, are we still on Gen Z? Yeah, because what happens is we trend we tend to lump them in with the millennials, but that's not really what it is. Because us, the Zennials slash the tail end of Gen X, we keep forgetting that we're old as fuck. We are old. Like, yeah, Gen Z is your kids and my nieces and nephews. Wow. The millennial is like our young homies. Like Darren. But Darren is like the exceptional. Well, I mean, technically millennials haven't. I'm making him take that name. Darren, you got to take that name. Exceptional millennial. That's you. We. we, but he's, I mean, he's even, he's, he's well into millennial. Mm-hmm. Like he's a millennial millennial. Mm-hmm. We're like cuspers. No, but I'm saying he's exceptional because he's like, right. he's the anti-stereotype. See, I don't have a problem with millennials. I think, I think, I think most of the people who use millennial don't even know what a millennial is. They really don't. You know, it's really the boomers. Yes, the boomers. So these kids have organized protests Mm-hmm. These kids are on TikTok cussing out their racist parents. Mm-hmm. These kids are demanding change and they're getting it done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Over the last week, we'd have seen um, Minneapolis say that they're going to disband their whole police force and just mm-hmm. start from scratch. We've seen the state of New York, thanks in part to a petition that was signed by 750 people from the music industry. Uh, get rid of statute uh, 54, it's something 54. Um, But that's basically the law that allowed police departments to keep um, records of disciplinary whatever. Like they they got to keep cops disciplinary records sealed. Now they can Mm. no longer do that. And I believe there's another part to that where, well, no, Congress is trying to pass a rule where not only would that have to be in effect in all states where you have to open up those records, but also that a state can appoint uh, an, an attorney general to investigate any case of misconduct. Um, we've seen Adidas promise to change their workforce. We've seen, yo, I've just seen uh, people get fired off of Vanderpump rules for some dumb racist shit that they did. So the homie, got, the homie got fired off of um, The Flash. Uh, the really? CEO, the CEO of CrossFit just stepped down. Had uh, to. some dumb shit he said. Uh, Even better than the people being fired for the dumb shit is the people stepping down and saying, hey, give a Black person this job. Yeah. Oh, it's going down out here. It is absolutely going down. If last week you thought this was a joke, we ain't playing. It but now we see, joke. like, everybody that was like, what are you guys doing? This what is everything. No, you literally need civil unrest. For and that's why, that's why I said everybody play your role. If you're rolling to be out there, 
let those folks that are out there do what they do, support them however you can, and understand that everybody's got to play a part in this revolution because this revolution is coming. Pick your battle. If you in the industry, fight that industry because we, we say systemic racism is in everything. It's in, it's in everything. everything. And so I saw that job. Somebody posted that meme today that they were like, okay, cool. We've talked about the police. Like it does not stop there. It's at all. At and all. that's why even the conversation about defunding the police's expense is, is, is important because one, I want y'all to understand, and I'm not Let's saying this that. to be shady no, 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 go ahead. or me, but defunding and disbanding are not the same. They're not the same. Getting rid of the police is disbanding. Defunding means taking the money out of the police department and putting it in other things. Right. To give you an example, the NYPD, and I'm not, I'm going to pull this up because I don't want to, I don't want to misquote. The NYPD in one year had the same budget for just the NYPD as it was for um, everything else in the city, damn near. Hold on, let me pull this up because I, I really feel like y'all need y'all need this to break that down. But while, while I pulled that up, the reason why I said that's important is because those dollars are then redirected to other things. They're redirected to school. They're redirected to mental health, to food insecurity, to housing. Um, so you have, I'm sorry. I'm like, there's too many screens here. So you guys get to have... Um, you know, we get to we get to put that money into other things that need that money to be there because, like we just said, systemic racism is in everything. Everything. All right. Everything. So look, this is the statistic. In 2019, the NYPD had an operating budget of five million. No, I'm sorry, five billion six hundred eight million eight hundred twenty three thousand dollars. Why? Why? By comparison, homeless services, housing preservation and development, youth and community development, health and hospitals, and parks and recreation combined, $5,309,929. That's less. That's ridiculous. Okay. So what that means is we take that money out. What that means is, you know changes have to happen. There's certain resources that they don't have anymore. Maybe less people get shot if less people have guns. Or, I mean, less people get shot if they have after-school programs or if they have health care. Or if we send health professionals out instead of sending police officers to deal with um, with schizophrenic people yelling in the street. Exactly. Because everything everything should not be criminal. And that's the problem. We over-police in America. We over-police. Why? Because there's also money involved in policing. Mm. The state also makes money off of prisons and tickets and all these other things. So all we do is lock people up. And who gets locked up the most? Black and brown people. So the state of California is also working to ban private private prisons. Like, I really want y'all to pay attention. I really want y'all to know what's happening in your cities and... I want y'all to hold people accountable and stay on their asses. Like y'all have to, because we talk about distractions. We were all talking about Congress going, showing up the other day in Kente Claus. They actually, <laughs> this shit was ridiculous. Somebody said they look like a Wakanda chess set. 
And I was done with the internet for that whole entire day. I enjoy I enjoyed the banter. You know, I'm always here for the jokes. Right. You know, the jokes I'm are great. The jokes. But pay attention to what the fuck they were actually doing, which is right. like I said, they went in there and they proposed laws that would require, you know, national reform that would require access to the records across the country that would give uh, the attorney general the power to investigate these things. And the reason why I say say, pay attention is because Congress went in and proposed it. The Democrats went in and proposed it. Now it's on us to call our representatives and our senators and be like, hey, my nigga, what's up with that bill, dog? Mm-hmm. Hey, fam, uh, that bill is up for vote. Like, what are we doing? And, you know, somebody was like, oh, well, Nancy Pelosi is still this, that, and the third. Cool. Not, that don't matter. That's not the point. Get, we get we getting distracted. And we get, get, we get the bill distracted. passed and then throw right. her the fuck out. Like, it's fine. We, if you don't want get, her to be your, your then, whatever. Then pick somebody anymore. else. That's right. But San Francisco clearly keeps voting her ass in, so they cool with it. That's not the point. That We got to make these people work for us. Right? We and that's have the thing. to make these people You can push politicians' us. platforms. You can make you can push their, their platform because a politician's goal is to what? Stay in office. So if the people say this is what we want in mass, then that politician will sneak their ass on over to the left a little bit more. They will mm-hmm. shuffle, they'll keep shuffling. Like look at your boy Joe Biden. He's shuffling. He's shuffling. You know what I'm saying? Because he realizes like there's a point where people are not gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm voting for him if you're not doing certain things, right. right? So even at a smaller level, local levels, like people are starting to realize like voting is powerful. We're not even going to talk about the shit show yesterday in Georgia with voting. They about to get sued. One of the things that I did want to bring up is to your point, uh, Atlanta had at one point said they would close the city jail. They had promised that they would close the Atlanta city jail. And there was a protest today about that because obviously they tried to rescind or not do it. Now, voices are going to be heard because once again, they were out there campaigning yesterday. So I believe his name's Paul Howard. Um, Paul Howard. Mm-hmm. Right. Paul Howard is probably the guy who's blocking that from happening. Um, and if Paul doesn't play ball, that rhyme. They're going to kick his ass up. Paul Howard is also the person who chose to arrest two out of the four police officers. I mean, two out of the six police officers that were responsible for pulling those kids out of that car Mm -hmm. and tasing them and all that good stuff. And those two officers are suing because of that. Exactly. So there's um, like there are people out there doing the work. There is one young lady who I follow. I don't remember her name off the top of my head who had a voting guide for every county in Georgia yesterday. Like, here's uh, here's who's up. Here's what they believe in. Here's where, you know, here's even who we're going to vote, who we're recommending based on X, Y, and Z for every single county, every single seat that was up. So you guys, I don't think that you, that it has ever been more clear that it is important and imperative for y'all to vote not just at the national level, but very, very much so at your local level, because those are the district attorneys in the grand juries that keep letting motherfuckers off or not arresting motherfuckers or saying they need to see more proof. When we have mm-hmm. a video of somebody with, a, with their knee on somebody's neck for eight fucking minutes and then having somebody else say, well, that's not really what killed them. What? So we got, we got that up out of there real quick, too. So. And I'll say this, too. Educate yourselves and vote. Teach your kids. 
your 16 year old little sister, the 15 year old mentee that's around you, your own actual children. Like I remember somebody once their kid asking them what the difference was between a Democrat and a Republican. The kid might've been like seven or eight. And the parent answered, Oh, I'll explain it to you later when you're older. And I'm like, no, this is the problem. Start that civic education then. The same way that we should be starting to talk to kids about money as soon as they can count is the same way the child should be talking to them about voting and their and their, civ- their civil rights. This is what people were fighting right. for, right? Like the actual ability for us to exercise all the rights that are afforded to us as citizens of this country. Talk to your kids from when they little. It would have cost you nothing to tell that seven, eight-year-old that it's like two different teens, Right. It's or two different give them, teams. Give them, give them a website. Like, like point them to a resource. Like, we let our kids play all these games. They spend all this time on these devices. Like, point your children to reputable resources where they can read. You right. know, where they can, they can, like, this stuff is out here. It's very important that we teach our kids these things. But we teach our kids how to learn. We teach our kids how to be productive members of society. Mm, exactly. All right, am I off? I'm off my soapbox. Y'all, I can't vote. So this is all I have. All I have is to be out here talking to y'all and educating y'all and helping to facilitate for y'all the voting process because my shit show of a country is a shit show that's going to take a whole lot more to fix. So since my kids probably finna be born here or whatever, might as well help y'all fix this thing here. All right. So in the midst of uh, all of the, what's the most ridiculous company that you've seen a statement from so far in the midst of all this, the, the, the 2019, the 2020 apology tour as Apollo calls it. (laughs) I mean, I don't even know. Like it's just been weird. Like waking up, turning on my TV, seeing black lives matter on Amazon or Netflix having like a special screen with all their black movies that they recommend or playing Call of Duty. Netflix looks like anyway. (laughs) Playing Call of Duty. And every time I start a game, the whole screen goes black and it says Black Lives Matter. Which is really weird considering it's Call of Duty. And the racists are losing their shit. Losing Um, their shit. I don't even know. I mean, it's, it's all weird because... I'm giving people time. I'm not passing judgment. The reason why is because it's cool to make these statements. And I'm not mad at these statements if they back them up with actual things. And I don't mean just the donation. I mean... And even the donation, but go. Actual actual structural change. And one of the things, you know, we'll get into this later, but um, Sha Money was talking about, like, who, who who gets to see where that money is going. Who's responsible for making sure that that money is actually allocated in a responsible way and going to the actual problems that need to be addressed. And that that transparency and that oversight is going to be a big part of the actual change. So That's how I was getting to it. I'm cool with the pandering Olympics. I'm okay with it if it actually results in actual structural change. Yes. So I'm okay with some. Some I feel is a little ridiculous, a little more ridiculous than others. Like I got an email from Petco and I was just like. I got an email from Chime. Um, I got an email. I've gotten an email from Uber. (laughs) I've seen the two most impressive that I saw and well, shit, y'all know what's up. 
were actually from two dating websites. I'm not going to tell y'all which ones because like shit's already weird enough as it is. Um, But like one of them had a pop-up that came up and it said, you know, like we don't tolerate hate, but we want you to take a moment, like before you continue swiping, we want you to take a moment for all of these people who will never have the chance to find love and list it out. (laughs) No, but but that's some real shit though. Like list it out. Like 20, 30 people who we've who we've turned into hashtags whose names we've probably forgotten over the last 10, 15 years, you know, from Sean Bell on down, from Amadou Diallo on down. I thought that was kind of impressive. Um, and then there was another one where, you know, they sent an email and then they said, here's what we're donating our money to. Mm-hmm. We are also matching employee donations to whatever nonprofit they choose to donate to that's in support of um, racial injustice, you know, that's fighting against racial injustice and all that. And then they said, here's the link where you can find out where the money's going to. Okay. And that's See? the part okay. that brings I, us back full circle. I know what I saw, what was ridiculous. So, I saw, and this is in the music producer space, I saw a company that sells kits and is making and has bragged on the internet about how much they make the owners. Um, They created a drum kit. I guess they went and got all these producers, they borrowed these sounds and they accumulated this charity kit to sell to the urban community to donate to the urban community. And I was confused. Cause I'm like, why don't y'all just donate? You make all this money off of us. You make all this money off of uh, these young, you make all this money off these young black kids. And now you want to sell them a kit to donate to to their community, to their cause. Like y'all in the urban space, welcome to the urban space. Don't, come to the urban space and ask these black kids and these brown kids to, yo, here, uh, buy this kit so we can help fix racism. Like, the shit's weird. And then everybody right. everybody donates to this, oh, we're donating to the NAACP and, and Black Lives Matter. Shout to Black Lives Matter. The NAACP, a movement and a galvanizing unit, but who are you and what exactly does that money go towards? And, and, and also, if anybody knows anything about the NAACP and what they're doing in the last 20 years, please let me know. Please let me know. Um, and and just a, a point of, of context, my uncle was the, the president of NAACP for a time period, and he skated up out of there because wasn't nothing going on. I mean, um, listen, if we as 40-year-olds, if we as people, you know, in our late 30s, early 40s, cannot identify, cannot point to a single solitary thing where we feel like the NAACP is who we would turn to, ask for whatever. Like I asked people for resources when it comes to voting and people said the Urban League before they said the NAACP. The ACLU. Like, what y'all the doing? The NAACP That's a valid has question. not been a factor in my lifetime. In my adult lifetime, for sure. Absolutely. And if you're mad, then y'all should be doing something about it. So if if y'all, if these companies are just throwing money at the first black name they see or the first black company they see, then we're gonna be judging you too. Because there are things that you can do. I would I like, you know, the company I was spoken about, they're locals to Atlanta. It's tons of black things in Atlanta 
that you could give money to locally and actually you could literally give money to fucking producers because niggas been out of work since february how about that how about it how How about about every dj every background musician how about every actual artist how about you create a fund for that instead you want to put together a kit to sell to people which is what you're doing anyway. <laughs> I don't care if 100% of your proceeds is going. That means you're doing nothing. At the, um, right, exactly. At the the grand, grand scheme level, the most ridiculous to me was fucking Pornhub. Talking about something, they gonna do an all ebony focused week. Bitch, if y'all don't, shut up. Like, first of all, black folks only go on there to look for ebony. First of all, y'all ebony should be popping regardless. Like, I don't even understand why y'all think you need to put it in the front. Like, people can't fucking find it and don't go straight to it anyway. Y'all shut up. Yo, I don't, like, I, when you, you put the ebony content to the forefront, are you blocking the rest of the shit? So, I'm going to be honest. I don't even go there for that no more. I go to aggregator sites. I'm not going to mention them, but there are black aggregator sites that... Text me. ...that go Thanks. to the other various ones. Um, and they might send you to Pornhub. They might send you to another place with a more popping video. And they have much more of a selection for everybody. So shout less, to y'all. Less homemade um, amateur shit, hopefully. That that might be. I mean, no. I mean, you know, white folks love black people. And that's cool. Right. Like, that's I mean, not I'm the just, issue, Pornhub. So I don't even what y'all thought y'all was doing. No, well, you know, Pornhub, Pornhub gave away a free week during uh, during the pandemic. So, you know... Pornhub is always going to get in there and take advantage. That's just who they are. Pornhub has done that in every single thing imaginable. So this is completely on brand for them. You know who really did impress me, though? Who's that? NASCAR. Yo. NASCAR. Listen. Because NASCAR, no. Like, NASCAR didn't have to say nothing, and their bottom line would not have been... NASCAR didn't have to do shit. How many many black people are at a NASCAR race any damn way? Not a lot. And there's only one black driver. They didn't have to say or do anything. Instead, they made a statement, they donated money, and now they've banned the Confederate flag from all of their events. That Listen, for, for anybody who does not know about NASCAR... You know, because I know a lot of folks might not know about NASCAR, but NASCAR and the Confederacy are almost hand in hand when it comes to that flag and going to a race. I used to live in Richmond, Virginia, and we had the Richmond 400. And you'd see Confederate flags, NASCAR all over the place. Charlotte, nothing but Confederate flags and NASCAR. NASCAR took a huge risk. And I'm just going to say it like that because it's they straight did. up. Because their entire fan base <laughs> is Southern white folks. That is their base. Their base of operations is dead in the middle of the South. So for them to have done that, man, y'all got my respect. Crazy. I might have to go, listen, I might pull up that NASCAR. We might have to. But that's amazing. Like, if you want to make change, that's the kind of change that you should make. But like you said, and like I was getting ready to say when I mentioned uh, the politicians, they do and have like Sean Money mentioned it, yeah. y'all got to stay on top of these people. Okay, cool. LA is going to take $150 million out of the billion dollar budget for the LAPD to nah, give. It's fine. It's fine. I'll take your $150 million for right now. Like, I'm not going to say no to that $150 million. I wouldn't say no to 100000 Really? But 
stay on the asses. Make sure you know how to access that money if you're an organizer. And if you're just a regular, regular citizen, make sure you know how to check in three months where the fuck that bread went and what they mm-hmm. did with it. Yes. No, definitely. Y'all got to stay on top of it. Did you, Same did, with you these the, uh, did you catch the LAPD Zoom call? No, I didn't. I'm pretty sure there's clips of it all over the internet. What so happened? You had the commissioner and like the entire uh, upper hierarchy including the police chief, um, had a Zoom call where everybody got one minute to say whatever they wanted to say. <laughs> Can you imagine how that went? I mean, there are literally... Sure, several people There are so many clips. The police. I mean, there were... <laughs> Please, do yourself a favor. Everybody out there, if you did not see it, go look it up. It is the funniest shit you'll see all week. Because these folks were going in and they only got, they got cut off. So it was like, it was like, yo, fuck the poor. And then they got cut off and be the next person. And, you know, the lady who was announcing the calls was so smooth about it. Like Mm -hmm. somebody could have just told the chief to go suck a bag of dicks and the chief would just be like, all right, so we got we got Johnny from Encino. <laughs> Johnny from Encino, what do you want? And then Johnny from Encino would be like, man. And then everybody was going after the chief and the commissioner. I mean, it was amazing. It was Hilarious. absolutely people were calling in from all over the country. And people in the background, the, the girl talking, dude in the background, like, yo, fuck the police. Like it was just, it was legit. It was legit. Absolutely. So the reason why Sean Money was talking about it, and the reason why I wanted to bring it up. It's because, of course, you know, the more able companies or maybe the more earnest companies have followed up their apologies and statements with promises of cash. Mm-hmm. Comcast has promised $100 million, $25 million of which will be allocated as advertising over the next three years. Which is huge which is huge. Um, Several of the labels have made similar pledges. But like you said, and like Shamani pointed out, we don't know how to track that or how to figure out where that money is going. When you say communities of color, which communities, who gets to pick? How do you choose the organization? Who within your organization is going to pick that organization? Well, part of the problem, when we get to the systemic shit, is that it ain't enough people of color pushing the buttons. In those positions, right. So any of these companies. So what a lot of these companies need to do is immediately hire someone or, or, or bring in a consultant of color to oversee these situations. That's going to be key. Right. If you don't do that, if you're not worried about that, I can't, I can't take you seriously if you have somebody who does not connect with the community dishing out money because what you gonna do you'll give it to black lives matter and naacp that's it that's it so another thing that popped up let's see how are we gonna start this so we can switch this into the music so first we talked last week about how the whole uh pause the music and everything how that kind of uh-huh. didn't really why am i moving a mouse that's not connected hey hi how are you hello it's wednesday <laughs> I'm still on Monday's to-do list. Yeah, the, the show must be paused was uh, a conversation for last week, but now we've evolved. We've, I mean, we're moving. We're moving from the we're upset and hear our demands to the we hear you 
and here is how we attempt to meet those demands. And some of the attempts people are saying are performative. Um, some of these performative attempts, I really feel like there are people who mean well, who just don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a campaign that happened today called Pass the Mic, I think. I'm gonna look it up while I'm talking to y'all about it. But essentially what they did <laughs> is that they went and they got some white influencers to share the mic. That's what it's called. So they got a group of white influencers, actors, celebrities, whatever, to have black women, because these are mostly women. I think they were all women, have black women take over their Instagram pages. Mm -hmm. So essentially I'm putting you in front of my audience, right? Mm. Sounds like a great idea. My thing was, you're not matching them up interest-wise. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, you take an athlete and, you know, well, maybe the athlete is the only place where that wouldn't necessarily make sense. But like, let's say you take somebody that is a food blogger and then you put somebody on her page who is an athlete. How does that inspire her followers to really continue to keep up with that person that's an athlete? Right. And I, I think it was a great idea. I think that a lot of people are missing the mark right now because they are moving too fast on these great ideas. Right. Instead of building them up and really giving them some meat. Because mm-hmm. this whole share the mic thing, I think all happened. I got to look it up. I think it all happened today. In which case, I think some of the voices are lost. And like I said, I think that y'all kind of rushed to just match up people and didn't make sure that it would make sense on a grander scheme of things. If my leak teal is a an influencer who's been talking about business for a long time and who owns a brand called The Curl Box, which is obviously based in beauty, right? Put her on somebody's platform who does the same kind of thing so that there's a reason for her fans to stay engaged. Right. Um, another one that we saw that you and I had a difference of opinion about was um, Republic Records making the announcement on Wednesday about urban. That, that they are removing the word urban from their organization. Right. So they are no longer classifying <clears throat> music as urban. They're no longer classifying departments as urban. And none of the executives who had urban in their titles will have that in there anymore. Right. And you said it was important. It mattered because... Because urban is a dog whistle word for blacks. And just the same way pop is a dog whistle word for whites. So urban actually means we're going to pay you less. And pop means we're going to pay you more. So, you know, it's funny because like the conversation was today, a lot of those OG executives kind of echoed my concerns with the word urban, things that have been going on. Urban. Oh, yeah. Urban. That's another word for the N word. Yeah. (laughs) So here's the thing with that, though. Um, My concerns when I first saw the article is we're taking the word away, but we're not making any structural changes to the company. Yes. So that part, I agree. But once again, I said, I don't know. It's like we see this thing happening and then we haven't heard anything else about what they're doing after. So had they made that announcement in conjunction with an actual move, then I'm pretty sure you'd have felt better about it. 
Yeah, possibly. And I'm, Depending and I'm, on what the move would have been. Right. So for me, it's but just one like, of the other things that you pointed out was that you know it's not just the dog whistle for black or a code for we don't have to pay you as much. Um, it's also limiting to what they're looking for from people of color, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so for us, for um, people who work in executive positions or people who are trying to, you know, actually work in music, like it limits what you can do because they classify you as urban. So they say, right. oh, okay. Um, well, Ty, you're an urban, you're an urban writer, so yeah. you couldn't possibly survive in this pop space or, you know, since you guys, uh, you, you guys only do urban beats. So, you know, when it's time for uh, great pop records, we're going to go elsewhere because we don't think you have it. I mean, I had a whole dude email me um, and he sent me some records and they were of a country vibe, you know, country pop. And I guess he went and looked at my photo <laughs> on something, mm-hmm. saw that I was black and emailed me something more, uh, to my taste right. or some weird dog was he might have so, said urban so so this is the thing taking away the word the word urban does not get rid of implicit bias implicit bias is a thing implicit bias is a thing that affects black people people of color negatively across the board i am going to tell you right now because i know a lot of times people can't see it in themselves i have implicit bias where Anytime I call a company and the person who answers has an accent, yes, I am a fucking immigrant. Every time I call a call center and somebody answers with an accent, I immediately have an attitude because I immediately feel like there's going to be a communication barrier, right? So that's what implicit bias is. I don't care what you call it. The person who is going to look at your photo and think that you're only hip hop or you're only this or you're only gospel or whatever, the person who's going to look at my hair and think all I listen to is Erica Badu and, and India Reed, not knowing that I'm super ratchet, like they're going to still think what they want to think, regardless of what the labels are going to call it. That's right. But I also think that the word reinforces it because I, let, let's, let's put it like this. Right. So there's a racism is taught. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're if your kids come up and they're hearing these words, then they're being walked into that bias. They're okay. being walked into it. The word is being used in a way that pretty much says this: they go over here and they go over there, right? This right. is cool. This is not, right? We all have implicit bias, but removing that word takes away the veil. It, it takes away what you hide behind. Then it makes people question, like, okay, why are you separating these things? Because you don't have a cool, trendy word to say, oh, this is urban radio. You know, or this is this is pop radio. And that's why it's really important to get rid of those titles. Because well, I'm glad you brought up radio. Oh, there you go. Uh, because fun fact I learned today is that the word urban came about because at one point WBLS, which was a radio station branded the total black experience, mm-hmm. um, was the number one station in the number one radio market, New York City, which obviously meant that it wasn't just Black people listening to WBLS. Right. But because it was branded a Black station, they could not get wider um, advertiser base to spend money at the station. So they changed the name to Urban to make it okay with white people. Now they had changed it 
from black to urban to make right. it okay for other people and then convince us that it's a bad thing. The problem is not the word. The problem is us being empowered and having the ability to stand up and say, no, you're not going to pay me less than this person. You're not. I can yes. tell you from looking at, you know, over the past few years, I've seen different journalists and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm one foot in one foot out when it comes to the word world of like freelance journalism. Right. Um, I've watched people compare and list out what they make. And I know that black women journalists are making less than their non-black people of color or white counterparts, that their non-black people of color counterparts. And I know that those women are making less than the white women who write about hip hop. And I know that those women are making less than the white men who write about hip hop, period. Yes. Yes. This is what's happening. And these are all hip hop journalists. Right. There are options and opportunities that are presented to some of these people that are not presented to others of us. Mm-hmm. I have watched some of the biggest names in urban journalism this week guffaw on social media about how many people are coming to them like, hey, girl. Yeah. You know, we know we said no to like every pitch you sent us for the last three years. But Black Lives Matter and we need a black voice to write about it. So, hey, girl. The word urban ain't the issue, is what so, I'm saying. I, I, I still think the word is a part of the issue, no matter how it started. I mean, it started so that they could make money off of us. It didn't start so that we could make money. It started okay. so because the, the, the dynamic has always been our art being utilized to make money for white people. Okay. Since forever. So using that word went from the way we make money to a secret sniggle behind closed doors that's urban, you know, to a classification that literally dictated where you worked at and how far you could get. Right. So So let's let's bring it back to that conversation that happened today. Um, Eddie Blackman, who is an A&R at Atlantic, I believe. I think that's where Eddie's at. I'm going to look that up while I'm talking to you guys. Has been doing a series of um, conversations with A&Rs specifically since the pandemic started, um, which I thought was super dope because y'all know I like niche things and things that have a clear focus. And so, you know, he's done different things. Like he did a a celebration of, was it... um, was it Dreamville? No, it was Jamla. So when Jamla's 10th anniversary, I guess, was this year. So he got, you know, ninth and a bunch of people from over there together to talk to them. So he's been doing really, really focused, like women in ANR, da, da, da. And so after what happened last week with the show Must Be Paused and a bunch of people being like, yeah, but hey, record business, that ain't what you need to do for Black people. There's this whole laundry list of things that you need to do. You got um, trash. Uh, since been trash, been trash. He is, I'm sorry, he's an A&R AWOL Records. And uh, so he he got together today, Chris Hicks, No ID, Hip Hop, and Shaw Money. Mm. If you're listening to this podcast and what you don't know who those people are, go ahead and shut it off. It's fine. We're not for you. Yeah, because uh, those guys, the influence that those guys had on my career on my career is, I mean, I wouldn't be here 
if it wasn't for shot money so the influence that these guys have had on my music library as a fan oh that's okay on the world's music library. <laughs> Hop is probably one of the first execs whose name I knew. Hop and Shaw Money. Shaw Money's Haitian. So y'all know I fuck with Shaw Money super extra heavy. Hop is um, one of the first Hop is one of the first guys who everybody knew and didn't know that they knew his name. Because exactly. he was he was getting mentions like this in Jay-Z records. Exactly. So, you know, in the conversation was basically like how does the music industry address its ills? Um, one of the things they brought up with this whole, was this whole urban thing. But what stuck with me for that conversation is that those four guys at the very, like, they are the pinnacle of what any A&R should want their career trajectory to be. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, no. Hop said, I mean, um, uh, Sean Money at one point said that he was the EVP of a certain, so one of the things that he mentioned, because I want to I kind of do it in order. One, I want to direct you guys to Shamani XL's um, Instagram page, which I think that's exactly what it is at Shamani XL. Shamani XL, yeah, Shamani XL. Um, and you know, those of us from the hip, from the from the the mixtape world, know him as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of y'all who don't know Shamani, Shamani. Yeah. I'm not explaining. Nope, we're not explaining nope, who any not. of these people are. If you want to know, go look them the fuck up. Google is right there, my nigga. No, absolutely. I was trying to be not. nice. No, not them four. <laughs> them? Nah, absolutely not. Look, I'm just surprised. It and wasn't, Mikey, I, that's the clip right there, my nigga. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how many people were on that call, but I, I hope it was maxed out because that that's one panel that everybody, especially if you black and you want to be in music, right? That that was required reading. And also, but, you know, be, beyond that, like, I really want y'all, I think that Eddie is saving these calls. I, I saw that it was recording today. Okay. I believe that they're on his YouTube. Like, if you are aspiring or early in your career or at a midpoint in your career, like, these are all panels that were really worth going back to listen to, mm. this one in particular. Um, so Shamani posted the other day a whole list of things that he thinks are good demands for the industry. Well, actually, that was a, a, a letter from another gentleman that we posted. That was, so that was the other, that was the, the open that letter. The I thought those, in, were, those were that, his words. No, that was, that was the elephant in the room uh, conversation. He was responding to that elephant in the room conversation. Okay. So we had an open letter and then we had an elephant in the room. There were two different ones. So so this was Shamani answering? Yes, yes. Okay, all yep. right. So, so he has a whole, so there was an open letter that was sent to the music business by... Uh, Hold on. I'm finding that now. Y'all, we be trying to prep and then we be forgetting. Because stuff just comes up. Stuff comes up. I really am just like, I can't. Okay, so Keith Harris. Yes. Who is a veteran um, industry exec in the UK, wrote this letter. From the UK, but he's worked um, in the States and in the UK. Okay. So he wrote this open letter to the industry like, hey... Blacking out is great. Giving your employees a day off is great. Uh, donating money is even better. But here's a whole bunch of other shit that y'all could do. And then Sean Money went through and asked for a lot of these things. And so one of the things that he mentioned on his list, which you can see on his Instagram, but also mentioned on the call, was training. Was saying that they put uh, urban execs or black execs, 
into certain positions, but it's for show. They don't Mm -hmm. give you access to certain information. They don't give you the ability to really learn the business so that you can then take it and move on to somewhere else. And what that does is it does us two to three disservices. Number one, we already talked about people just not getting paid what they're worth. Number two, it means that once you move on from that urban VP position at one label, the only other thing that you could do is go be an urban VP at somewhere else. And number three, it devalues us in such a way that they really feel like they can replace you with anybody. And then they go and they grab whoever who thinks they could be an a or has gotcha. found, you know, has, I don't want to say lucked up, but has found some talent and is able to bring to the table. And that's why y'all see, y'all know that is the biggest, like, A&R is music business scam job of the world. Like everybody in a mama is an A&R consultant. And then so, you reach out to your people that you know at the label and they've never heard of them. So I'm going to talk about that in a second because that's a, let, let's stop there. But um, Ronald E. Sweeney was that the actual person that wrote the, original the elephant letter. in the room. No, Ron wrote the original letter. And then um, I just answered? had it. Ronald E. Sweeney. Yeah, Keith wrote the original one. And Ronald E. Sweeney, who's a uh, attorney, mm-hmm. wrote the elephant in the room with the 12-step demand. Okay. And he's represented uh, Clarence Avant, a.k.a. the Black Godfather, Easy e Ruthless Records, Lil Wayne, uh, Irv Gotti, Puffy, James Brown, Public Enemy, DMX, Ja Rule. Like, he's been in the game for a very long time. And he's he was he was talking about how he's done these mega million dollar deals and felt like they were talking at him. This is a high powered attorney representing some of the biggest names, the biggest black names in entertainment. And he's gotten this perspective where he's been in a boardroom and seen the bullshit from the top down. So he wrote this 12 step plan about black dollars and how much we're generating on behalf of this system and how we don't have ownership and, you know, it was it was excellent. So somebody forwarded to Shy, and then Shy threw his expertise and everything on top of that. So that's where we are. So yeah. So um, I took like little notes from this call because they really were like going in with so many things. I thought I, to me, what was eye opening? Like I said, is this idea that a Chris Hicks, a Kayembo Joshua, a No ID, a Shamani XL could be who they are and still be dealing with this, you know, and this is where we talk about systemic. We talk about being the executive VP of a department and seeing a meeting. I I know he took one job at Def Jam and then I believe he was the EVP at Epic. And seeing a whole bunch of your counterparts going into a meeting. And then when you say, why am I not in this meeting? They're like, oh, we need you on creative. Don't worry about it. We need we you to this. wrangle the creatives. <laughs> yeah, don't we worry don't about this money stuff. We need you to know <laughs> how the budget gets worked out. We don't need you to know how the actual business of your department runs. That's crazy. The crazier part was no ID said, even if you saw it, they wouldn't let you in on it. Even if you saw it. That makes no sense. That limits all of us. And that explains why for so many years, so many of the OGs we're like duffing the rest of us off and hitting us with the Heisman, not wanting to put us on because they don't have nowhere else to go. Yeah, Where are I mean, they going to go? And also they didn't want to put a lot of us in 
these bullshit situations. That's not everybody. Everybody was not being that out. Well, we're we just going to talk about, I'm just going to talk about the people that came from their time period because okay. I don't want to confuse them. And that's why when I go back to the NR assistant conversation, we got a date. That's not something that always existed. The first NR assistant I've ever heard of was. Uh, don't say his the, name. I'm not going to say his name, but okay. he, worked for, he worked for Wayne Williams, Kevin Sean. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and listen, this is not a slight to Kevin. I'm um, sorry, I'm laughing too hard. Kevin's put in a lot of work. You know, I'm not I'm not here to talk about Kevin, but that was the first time I'd ever heard of that term AR assistant. And um it really meant you don't actually work for the label. You work for that guy. Um and then that thing became powerful. But this was as the music business was was evolving. So mm-hmm. I look at anything. I came in the music industry before the shit hit the fan. Right. So learning from guys like hip hop, learning from uh, Lenny S and Sycamore, even as a 19 year old, when Sycamore was, was uh, head of a at, at, at Atlantic at, mm-hmm. at 19 years old or, or 20 or whatever crazy young age he was. Um, learning from those guys and seeing what they went through. You even knew back then, like they didn't have any power. I remember when Sycamore quit his job. You're the head guy at Atlantic. Why are you quitting your job? I went to NYU. I sat and watched him tell us on a panel. He's on a panel with Case Land and all these other industry people. And he said, because I had no power. Because some 12-year-old little girl is going to go tell her 75-year-old grandpa that that Soldier Boy song is that's what's, what's popping. So that 75-year-old is going to call all us into a boardroom and say, I need more of those records. Right. Put all our money on that. It's like blackjack. Put all our money on on thirteen black. You know what I'm right. saying? Like I don't care what y'all bring to the table. So they're out there trying to find real talent. I remember Sick was working with a lot of my homies. I remember Cats would not sign us because it, they was like these ain't the deals for y'all. Y'all not gonna like what y'all get. A lot of us got real rap from these dudes. Now these new A and R's, they came they came in in the stream world. And I'll say this too, I'll say this too. There are probably still people right now that will say, nah, this ain't what you want. And when you're on the receiving end of that advice or that wisdom, depending on where your life is at, you may listen to it. You might. Or you may go around your big homie and then go break your teeth on your own. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? Go around your big homie and then get told that that person was hating on you and still end up with a shitty deal and not right. realize you were in a shitty deal until it's too late for you to get out of it. So I will say that, like, everybody's not out there trying to screw their, you know, the younger people coming up behind them. But, you know, they did also point out that part of the problem is these younger people, these hungry people who want to be in the building so bad that they will take that job, that $500 job for, you know, or $500,000 job for $100,000. And it's the same problem that affects everybody that is in some way, shape or form, at least aff- affiliated with hip hop music that I know of. I have pitched, I have told somebody, this is how much I charge for a bio. And they've told me that they're going to get their little sister who is a English major at whatever school to write it instead we know DJs who will say, this is my price. And somebody else will come in behind them and be like, I'll do it for half that money and, and stay for twice as long. Producers do it. 
uh, everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Everybody does it. We got to So what they ended with, and we have to end it here because otherwise we'll end up having done a whole reaction podcast to their damn <laughs> shit. What they came with, and it's something that Sis has been saying, and I know that you've been working with certain people on it. We all got to come together. And this goes beyond music. This even goes into the protest. Like now that we're past the protest and now that we're asking for change, we really need to figure out a way for us to sit down together, whether it's city by city, region by region, whatever, sit down and figure out what we need within the music business. Maybe the producers need to be over there and the songwriters need to be over here and the artists need to be over here and whatever, but we gotta all come to the same page. Otherwise, Sis is gonna go ask for something and then I'm gonna come in behind him and accidentally lowball him. Mm -hmm. And then we're right back where the fuck we left off at. And and here's, here's, here's what my concern is. Um, just to just to piggyback off of what you're saying, we had these great conversations with these OGs, right? But we all know that in the Black community, there is a disconnect, mm-hmm. right? There's a disconnect between the OGs and the Generation Z before us, right? So the information that these OGs gave, I don't know if it's necessarily going to trickle down in the way it should unless we organize and have these conversations. I also don't know their capacity. Like, I don't know how much time they're willing to invest and make sure that it does. So that's my concern. It's like, okay, great. I'm glad y'all had, y'all, y'all did all this. Y'all took the time, you know, but no idea how much capacity do you have to donate your time? And he's donated. They've all donated their time, but this is a huge undertaking, right? And one of the things in in music and in the black community is clout. One of them said something really key. They talked about we all got testicles because there's a lot of ego involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like they said stuff that I say every day. I rail about everything that they talked about every day. But who's listening to me? Some people. But my range is limited. Right. I don't even care if people are listening to me. I just need more of me to be out here in these places, you know, having these conversations because these guys aren't going to be those people. And that's one of the big problems with the whole Black Lives Matter and everything that we're fighting for is we have to figure out a way to have these conversations in all these places and make it come back to a bigger thing. Like we have to build a coalition and it has to be city by city, town by town. And we have to all report and have meetings and all that shit. That's why when they said the show must be paused, I'm like, well, who's doing this? Right. Because I want to be involved because I got a whole bunch of people behind me that need this information who looked at me for it. And I know it's a bunch of me, you know, different people in these different circles who are just as vital, but y'all not letting them in the information. Y'all not letting them in these meetings. It's, it's, it's the thing at the top. Where right. It's a, it's a cool. Or club. you're overestimating your reach. Exactly. A lot of us overestimate who we're talking to, mm-hmm. um, and don't realize that we're in echo chambers, especially on social media. Like oh, yeah. I've come to the realization recently. I think maybe because everybody's sitting at home. Every time something happens, y'all in these damn verses, y'all was versusing me to death, my whole entire timeline, for 
seven straight hours. Everybody's talking about the same shit because I'm in an echo chamber. And it makes sense. The echo chamber that I'm in is, you know, because when I got on social media, I followed a bunch of people who did the same shit that I did. And then I haven't gone through and maybe refreshed my timeline so that I can see other shit, right? So, you know, it brings us right back to what Killer Mike said last week or the week before last. Plan, plot, strategize, organize, then mobilize. Yep. That's exactly. Look up all those words. So, Look up know, mobilize because it don't that, mean what you think it be, means. There has to be people out here looking for... There has to be people out here recruiting and looking for those people who are willing. Yeah. Willing to put in the work, willing to spread the message. And that's yep. going to be key. And that's, like I said, having been in the music business in a, a position where I could see a lot, but stay low, I've seen a lot of bullshit. And I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of how people act and it's a lot of funniness. You know, we just need to make sure we get all that stuff to the side because this is something that's going to benefit all of us, our kids. We can't fuck this up. We cannot fuck it up. And, you know, that was the thing I think at the end of the call that kind of disheartened me a little bit is because a lot of people are tired. ROGs? Nigga, I'm 40. Okay? Everybody on that call is people whose names I was looking at in CD inserts in college. Mm Mm-hmm. I won't say high school. Maybe Chris Hicks High School. Hop. Hop and No ID College, I think. Yeah. Um, The point being, these are people with 20 plus year careers. And that's the part where I saw them. So that's not counting the five or 10 years maybe that they were riding before that, trying to make it out. it makes sense that they're tired. It makes sense that they don't necessarily know how to communicate the information properly. It makes sense that, you know, these kids now, I don't want to say these kids nowadays, enough OGs have been assholes to the kids for the kids not to pay attention to what the OGs are saying. Facts. Yep. Facts. And And enough of the kids are assholes just in general and think they know everything and don't want to listen to the people that came before them. Because they, yeah, I mean, they've never had to, you know, it's a, it's a big thing. And, we got three generations primarily of trauma, right? Um, where we need to link up and fix some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's let's just say the crack era. You got um, the people who were teenagers or adults when that shit hit. Then you mm-hmm. had us who were babies, and now you have our babies. You know, mm-hmm. and, and our little brothers and, and and stuff. So we gotta figure out how to close that gap real quick and create dialogue between the three generations so that we can progress forward and really make the change that we've all wanted for a long time. So yep. especially in music, man, because I, I spent a lot of time trying to make sure that these younger kids really understand, but you gotta, you gotta respect them. You gotta, you know, you gotta give them a little bit of respect to get respect. So that's just how yep. it is. Real talk. All righty. Um, let's actually talk about some music. Sure. I actually listened to some this week. I did too. Not a lot of albums, but a lot of singles out there. So here's a question for you. Do you feel, what is the ratio, the ratio you think of people who are making protest music because they're really fed up and their heart is really in it and people who are making protest music because that's, a quick lick, lick to hit to hit right now, if I could. Talk. Um, 
from everything that I've heard, I'd say it's mostly people who are actually affected. Okay, um, I agree. And, and the reason why I say it is because the people that I'm hearing from, I've heard them, I've heard their pain music before. So it's not like, you know, some random person who's just never made this type of song doing it. For me, I'll say it's not even just the fact that there are people who've done it before. I'll say it's also in the lyrical content. Like, so Juicy J dropped a record called Hella, Hella Fucking Trauma. Hella Fucking Trauma, yes. And you're like, it's Juicy J, right? Mm-hmm. And it starts with his regular drop. What'd Juicy say? Shut the fuck <laughs> up. So you're like, mm, all right. But then you go and you listen to what he's saying. It's like, okay, Juicy. Juicy had something to say. Yeah. Juicy had some yeah. things to say. Um, so he did that. That was definitely on point. Um, Trey Songs dropped a record. Loved it. Oh, man. Um, I loved it as well. I felt like it was missing something, though. I just felt like it sounded too much like that guy we hate. Which one? Oh, yeah, it did. But he's, he's been known to... I mean, I think that he, he's always... I mean, it makes sense. Like, who else were you going to grow up listening like, listening to and emulating but other than that I, I thought it was pretty cool um when i say i felt like it was missing something this is what i mean you remember trace uh trace songs you remember j cole dropped the song right after mike brown was killed and it was a whole big deal because he recorded it like in one take and he was singing and his voice was hoarse through it um i forget what it's called i think it's called break free or something like that um i wanted that i wanted that um be free. That's what it's called. J. Cole song. Um, I wanted that Trey songs song to give me someday we'll all be free. I wanted it to give me Marvin Gaye what's going on. Um, and it was almost there, but then it just wasn't, I don't, I don't know what, what it was about. I mean, it's a good, it's a really good song, but I just don't feel like it's a song that's going to stick. And maybe they don't have to be songs that stick. Right. But I think good protest music, that's why you can go back and listen to what's going on right now and be pissed that it still applies. But even if it didn't still apply, you would understand what he meant then. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe I was looking for too much from Trey Songs. Uh, yeah, I just heard a good song. I mean, I listened to it twice. So um, it felt like it was on on topic. Only thing I, you know, I, I really don't have a, any complaints about the song. Uh, Meek Mill dropped Other Side of America and it went on CNN and told them about his record, which is a big, big, huge deal. Shouts to uh, Mike Brinkley and, and uh, Meek's team over at um, Rock Nation. Rock Nation. Um, that one, I felt like Meek, Meek has that voice. So yeah. this is really what we need Meek to be doing anyway. I mean, you know, when it comes to Meek, Meek speaks for me. If I had to say somebody speaks for me, Meek speaks for me. The stuff that he says applies to me directly growing up in Philly. We grew up in the same area. Um, everything that he said, yeah, he was talking for me. So y'all want to know how I feel? Talk to me. Talk to Meek. Uh, Jim Jones kind of surprised me a little bit. Jim Jones dropped, dropped a record called The People. So I feel like a couple people were going to be felt, were going to be surprised, but I'm going to take it back to Come Home With Me, Jim. One of my favorite verses is on Come Home With Me, um, on Cam's album, Come Home With Me. And 
the verse Jim dropped on there is very, in, it's in a similar vein of the verse that he dropped on here. Um, Jim always addressed struggle. And I, was, I wasn't a big fan of Jim rapping back then. Probably still not, you know, but um, <laughs> when he goes in like this, That's hilarious and terrible. I really, I really rock with his records. So this is a, a really good record. It's something I would listen to. I listened to it more than once. Um, it's, it's a dope record. And, and once again, it's on topic. But, you know, it's Jim being vulnerable. Um, he's a, a black man from the hood. He knows the struggle we all do. That's why, like, everybody we spoke on, everybody can draw from their actual life to write these records. Like, we've all been harassed by the police. We've all seen homies dead. We've all seen how the system fucked over families. Like, we we know. we this. I mean, anybody that's Black should be picking up a pen right now and going crazy because we've lived it. So Jimmy lived it, and he really went in. This was a, a really solid record for him. I'm glad that people are weighing in. I'm glad Jimmy weighed in on that. I am too. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to discount anybody, even though you said this T Grizzly record, Mr. Officer was worth listening to. And I see Queen Nigel and members of the Detroit Youth Choir on there. And I feel like maybe, but it's fine. So, I, I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest, um, supporter of T Grizzly. Not that I don't support T Grizzly. It's just, I'm listening to a lot of his music. Right. Um, but I, once again, I, I, you know, this is a guy who's had recent situations and things going on in his life and for him to be able to... Oh, shit, you just reminded me that his aunt died. God damn it. Right. For him to be able to use his voice to speak out um, and be a voice for Detroit, um, it, it's important. It's important that all of us use our voices right now. Because it's, it ain't about like, yo, this record was dope or, you know, it's my favorite record. It's like, are you reaching people? Are you getting right. the message out? Like, are you, because clearly this man got a huge audience. Um, all these people have huge audiences. So I'm glad that they're just using their voice to um, reach out and uh, really get the message out there. Because like I said, the kids, the kids need to hear it. This is about the kids. You right. know, the, the, the youth, they really need to hear this message. In that spirit, I'm going to leave Damian Lillard alone. I'm just going to not. <laughs> Dame, Damian Lillard, a.k.a. Dame Dollar, dropped a record called Blacklist. But it wasn't really a record. It was like spoken word. Oh, okay. And I tapped out on the line where if anybody in my circle does an underage, I'm snitching. And I was like, this is a really weird time and place to put that into the conversation. Oh, okay. Um, so I just left. What else? <laughs> as often as I as I often do. Um, so I see uh, Azalea Banks dropped the new record featuring Lex Luger. It's called Black Madonna. That was Azalea Banks? Wasn't it? No, Black Madonna's a rapper. No, no, no. There is a song called Black Madonna. Oh, was that Azalea Banks? And it's Azalea Banks and, and Lex Luger. Is it? Wait, now you're making me have to go double check the link I to like, make sure I'm not crazy. I don't know. I didn't see her name on it. Who did you see? You sent me there. No, she dropped another song. Oh, you were talking about a different record. I just saw that she had dropped a song. This is the song. It's called Black Madonna featuring wow. Lex Luger. Okay, well, joke's on me. <laughs> jokes on all of us maybe she heard us when song. the other day people said man if she would just shut up and just like rap i'm at the triple check that 
Hold on. I'm, I'm no, 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 I'm pretty sure. Nope, that wasn't her. Well, that's Who not the it? one I... So, nah, the, the song that I saw was something called... Is it? Oh, yeah, no, nah, I guess it is. It was. Well, shit, Azalea Banks is out here, y'all, because y'all said y'all was going to cancel Doja Cat as soon as we got free. I made a mistake and <laughs> listened to an Azalea Banks song. I, I, I have not learned, heard it yet, but I wanted to. I wanted to. Uh, so she's she dropped something this week. Uh, Hobson dropped the joint called Kumbaya, which y'all should check out. I've heard a lot, a lot, a lot, and I listen to it and enjoy it, uh, about Leon Bridges. He has a record called Sweeter featuring Terrace Martin that is solid out there. Record. Very solid record. Um, you know, but but as we mentioned last week and we're mentioning again today, there's just there's a lot of really, really good music coming out of our frustration, our anger, our sadness, our collective what the fuck is 2020 and why are we here? And then there's Davies with the record Menace in the video that is just a take on Menace to Society because Davies going Davies. Yeah, I I was listening to it. I didn't even watch the video. And it was like three minutes before the song came on. Right. That was the whole homage to Menace to Society. Um, so I want to shout out the, the artists. I feel like every week for the last four weeks, we've been talking about artists getting their firsts on Billboard. And I'm just curious if it's always like that and I wasn't paying attention before or did something happen? Because, like I said, every week it's been, oh, so-and-so's got their first Hot 100. So-and-so's got their first album on the Billboard 200. So-and-so's da 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 So this week, Tierra Wack has officially gotten her first uh, entry on the Hot 100. And it's thanks to a collaboration by Lil Yachty. Or with Lil Yachty. Yachty made a song and put Tierra Wack and ASAP Rocky and Tyler, the creator, on it. I like Yachty's album. I'm sure it's a really good album, but you put Yachty put himself on a a song with those three people. I like it. You like the song or you like the album? I like all of it. You like Yachty's verse on the album? I I mean, on the song? Mm hmm. Okay. Cool. I'll go back and listen to it. I'm just excited that Sierra Wack it has you know a headline and is on the Billboard Hot 100, and because I feel like Sierra Wack just should be a bigger topic of conversation, and hopefully this is going to be the song the song that gets her there. Why you laugh? Why are you, you know, laughing at me? You know we live in Atlanta, right? Okay. Hating on that man. I'm not hating on that man. I said that if I was him, I wouldn't have put myself on that song. With those people. Why? It's his album. All three of them. Rapping. You know, rapping is very subjective. Sure. So. It, I mean, somebody told me that uh, that 2 Chainz shouldn't have jumped on that, on that Run the Jewels record, which I thought we both agreed that he was rapping his ass off. Uh, yeah, but I... I Okay, I'm, Run the Jewels is a whole different conversation because I listened to that album and I wasn't impressed. Um, I thought that was a, a decent two-chain verse, but um, I didn't think the song overall was... I don't think it fit. You don't think the, the song. song fit the rest of the album? No, I don't think two-chain two fit, fit the song. What they well, were doing. Shit, I don't think Lil Yachty fit his own goddamn song. So there you go. <laughs> But it is listed as both their songs. So I'm just going to pretend it's a Tierra Wack record. So she's got her first Hot 100. 
Let's go, um, TT. Huh? I'm just, let's go, Philly. Um, then St. John has his first top 10 with a four-year-old record. He has a record called Roses that was remixed by some kid in some Eastern European country. I can't even remember what country it was. Actually, wait, duh, I was actually prepared to have this conversation and I have the link open. <laughs> Had, there it goes. Yay, look, mama, I know how to do my job. Oh, shit. No, I don't. Where did the article go? <laughs> God damn it. Ah, boo. Anyway, the song is four years old. Somebody did an unofficial remix of it um, and released it in Europe. And now all of a sudden this four-year-old record became it became St. John's first number one on any chart um, because it was a number one record on the pop electronic, like as the remix was the number one record on the pop electronic charts back in April. And then it was at the like 34th spot on the Hot 100. Now it's in the 10th position. Last week it was 14. Mm, so, yeah. I don't even know how these charts work anymore. I wonder if they're going to redo all these charts with all these. Because Billboard's racist too. Mm-hmm. So since they're, since they're rap singles charts and all that stuff. Since, okay, so the guy's name is Iman Beck. I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Iman Beck is what it looks like, or Iman Beck. And now I can't find the damn article. Okay, there we go. Is that the article that I was looking for? So it was uploaded to, it wasn't even released. It was just uploaded to YouTube. Well, that's released these days. <laughs> that is released. But see, the bottom line is, you guys, if your stuff is done correctly, you still get coins. It don't even matter. Don't. And then uh, the baby has his first Hot 100 number one. Nice. And he, boy, he told all of Twitter. He said, y'all niggas going to stop hating on him. I mean, what's the song? The song is called, it's him and uh, Roddy Rich. No, uh, him and Roddy Rich. It's called the, it's called Rockstar. Oh, I haven't even is heard it. Roddy Rich? Huh? So I don't think I've heard it. I haven't heard it either, but not you that, know. Not that space. That doesn't deter me from anything these days. I'm old. I'll be in the house. Like, I, I can't even fuck around in here shit no more. Like, I'm just in here by myself. So I just hear my shit. But this brought out an interesting conversation. So somebody said, do you want me to tell you who it was? No, let's do it the fun way. <laughs> somebody said that they can't understand. So basically they said, if you look at the baby, he dropped two albums in a calendar year like DMX did back in the day because last year he dropped Baby on Baby and he dropped Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, they said he was one of the first major hip-hop artists to step uh, step up during the pandemic and say, I got some new music. Um, then he dropped a new project on April 17th, right? Blame it on Baby. And then the quote, I'm going to quote this directly. And yet hip-hop fans are hesitant. So no, let me go back. It went back to... At one point, somebody posited that Drake, J. Cole, and Lil Wayne 
should be the new version of the Biggie, Jay-Z or Nas conversation. And so now this person says, and yet hip hop fans are hesitant to place the baby Roddy Rich, Megan Thee Stallion and Lil Baby in the space where Drake, Cole and Kendrick are. Not Wayne, it was Drake, Cole and Kendrick. I'm done. What are we talking about here? <laughs> like, they said the young crew is cons- has been consistent over the past two, three years with social media reach, fan engagement, fat streaming numbers, multiple gold platinum certifications, and impact on the culture. What is this, Pitchfork? No, this is Elliot Wilson. Holy, what the fuck? Okay, Elliot, you're taking your job at, at, at the streaming company way too seriously. So Elliot has, um, like a lot of people, Elliot, a lot of freelancers, Elliot has a newsletter on this. There's this platform called Substack. I need Elliot to stop trying to be 25. I love Elliot, man, but come on. You don't got to try to connect that hard, bro. You just don't. You don't. So if Drake, Cole, and Kendrick were Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas, has this generation's next version of that emerged yet, or is it still Drake, Cole, and Kendrick? It hasn't, it hasn't even emerged. Like, those people, first of all, last year, wasn't no, like, Megan was just starting to even be a factor. Like, come on. So you're taking yeah. Megan out of the conversation? No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like... I would also take Roddy Rich out of the conversation. Who just, just came I out would of also, Actually, No, actually, all of these people are people that... that see, and I think that was where the difference is, right? Like, you cannot you can't be go a back three years fan. And, you can't even go back three years and see anything with these people. You cannot be a hip-hop fan, a diehard hip-hop fan, and know a song by one of those three people. You know no role models. You definitely know several Drake songs. Drake got songs on damn uh, Just Dance. You know at least one Kendrick song. Yeah. I don't know that you can say that about the baby. See, I don't, I don't even think that's, and, I don't even think that's it. Because nowadays we live in a different era. And if you just want to judge it off of popularity, like, come on, people come and people go. Right? How many people have we seen be somebody and then you know, a year and a half later, then nobody, these people haven't even been out a year and a half in a prime position. Like Megan's been out, but Fever was not even a year ago. And Fever was just a mixtape. She just put out her first album. Like she just dropped her first studio album, bro. Like, why are we talking about uh, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. Like, what? Come on, Elliot. We'll, well, in, in his defense, we're not talking about Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. We're talking about Drake, Cole, and Kendrick. But, yeah, he said, this equals this equals that. So we are. And even <laughs> then, it's like, first, come on, dog. Drake? Like, we we putting these people... Like, shout out to J. Cole. God bless him. But we talking, we putting these people in the same conversation as Drake? Aubrey Graham, Drake. That Drake? Come Which on, one? Bro. Which people, Cole and Kendrick? No, or no, the no. new kids. I'm, I'm talking about the new kids. Okay, I'm talking about uh, all the people, and and you know, and, let, not, and let's talk even... about the people that let's let's talk about how we you know let's let's do just direct comparisons. Uh, let's talk about how we. I mean, would we skip Cardi for a Megan, or has Cardi been quiet for too long? And y'all forgot that she just put out an album. In- you know what? Shout to Cardi for using her platform to um, uplift and educate, to constantly speak out on issues, even when people try to shut her up. 
Um, she made a really touching post about Breonna Taylor. Um, she's been using her platform to be political and unapologetic and call for freedom and justice when she don't have to. Um, but even still, when you look at the most streamed artists of the last three, four years, um, she's up there. So are we that microwave? Like, oh my God, she hasn't had a, a, a single in the last three months. So come on, dude. Like, really? And, and I love Megan. I'm a huge Megan fan. I was a fan of Megan, Tina Snow. I'm a fan days. of Megan as a, like, a, a person. I'm a more of a fan of Megan than I am of her music. Well, I'm a fan of her. I've been a fan of Megan's music since Tina Snow. So, no, no, no. I, I don't have a problem with her music. No, but no, I'm but I'm, 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 I'm just talking about. Of, I'm just talking yeah. about in the context of the conversation because Elliot Wilson ain't no shit about Megan uh, at Tina Snow days. So you know she start popping. Now she's popping. That's cool. And this ain't even about Megan, but it's like Roddy Rich. Like, come on, dog. He had a single for a couple years. Why didn't you say uh, Old Town Road? Why didn't you say uh, Lil Nas X? Lil Nas X. Well, Lil Nas X only had. He's got an EP. I mean, he's got. Uh, I don't listen, man. I just seven But seven sold a shit lot of records. Like he's one of the highest selling artists. I mean, just off of that one song. But he had a bunch of songs on there that did amazing. So I'm, I'm just, I'm like, just the people that he chose was weird. It's not the yeah. conversation of somebody from this generation. It's just you just picked up. But you keep, but you keep right not now. answering my question though. Who is it in this generation? Has that think, person emerged? First yet? of all, you. you you shouldn't have skipped over Uzi because Uzi just dropped two joints that yeah. did numbers back to back. Uzi's been doing numbers for the yeah. past five, six years. Like he's not even new anymore. All right. Uzi's been killing it since what? 2014, 2015? I don't know how we skipped over Migos. Oh yeah. He just, he just. When we talk about, because this, this was the criteria. The criteria was, where he was skipped it? Over a lot of people. It was just, that's just a weird if the criteria is being consistent, social media reach, fan engagement, streaming numbers, gold, platinum certification, and impact on the culture? I think Elliot's compromised, dog. <laughs> is that compromised? I think Elliot's compromised. You're the ups. Okay. I didn't say that. Actually, it, I didn't say that. Because you go say something about title on, on, uh, on Twitter right now. He's going to retweet you instantly. I get it, man. I get, I, I get it. No, it's, it's no, probably, but I mean, but what does that have to do with, with this particular group? I don't know. I don't know. Because it don't make I'm sense. Still trying, I'm still trying to get somebody to... Because it don't even make sense. I was going to say, I was going to get... I was still trying to get somebody to explain to me um, Roddy, Roddy Rich, Rich, but I don't need anybody to explain to me Roddy Rich because I don't have Roddy, to get it. But Roddy, but Roddy did a good... Roddy did a really good thing with a song and with an album and shout to Roddy Rich and they got nothing to do with that, but he just ain't been around long enough for, for us to even be having this conversation and I'm talking about in the spotlight. It's not that he ain't been putting in work or, you know, his grind or whatever, but really you didn't even say Nipsey Hustle, dog. Like I'm just saying, it's a bunch of people Mm. that you could have said. It's a bunch of people. But if you would have said Nipsey, then people would have been like, oh, you're just saying that because he's dead. Well, I mean, Tupac and Big was dead and people started putting them on. I'm just saying, you know, Whatever. I'm just saying, I'd have you have a lot better. Never mind the fact that the first person to tell us that people were having a Biggie, Jay Z, or Nas conversation was actually Jay Z. So I never vetted that statement to see if niggas was actually doing that oh, we at were the time it. where Round Song came out. That was a that was a whole conversation because uh-huh. you had you like that was the conversation like who's the top MC? You know, at, 
And I mean, he 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 left Pac out. <laughs> but you know, by that time, I mean Pac had passed, but at a, at a no, point, where I'm from came out. Yeah, Pac, what was that? It came no, out same year that Pac died. Where I'm from was 90. It was on volume one. That was 96. Volume one. Yeah. Was ni- no, volume one was 96. Was it? Yes, it was. No, volume one was 96. His first album came out in 96. Oh, Reasonable Doubt was ni- No, Reasonable yeah. Doubt. Okay. Reasonable Doubt was it 96. Was recorded in 96. It dropped November 4th in 97. Um, and Pac died in September of 97. Well, of course, he wasn't going to put him on there because he they didn't like him, so. I mean, but also, you know, that being for bar's sake. Like, how that would that bar have sounded if it wasn't an argue all day about who's the best? He would have put, put it in the bar before. Come on, Jay. We're not giving Jay a pass on that one. He could have put that Also, the bar. three of them were from New York, and the song was about Brooklyn. And it probably wasn't a lot of dudes on a Brooklyn stoop caping for Pac. It was probably the one guy out the crew that would be like, what about Tupac? And niggas would be like, yeah, fuck out of here. Da, 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 da. Nah. I think that's nah. what happened. You, you couldn't have a, a, a top rapper conversation without Tupac in 1996, 97. It just wasn't possible. I don't care where you lived at. Well, maybe, okay. So Pac did die September of 96. So maybe he didn't put his name in there because he was gone. You're right. He You're also, right. he also, they also had beef. So, yeah, I'm not mad at it. I mean, it's cool. I like I like the line as it is, but that yes. was an actual conversation. But this this is this is crazy. This and is I'm, ludicrous. I'm and I'm saying that I could ask a bunch of young people like if we want to go there, I could ask people, you know, Gen Zers or whatever, and they wouldn't say those people. Yeah, like they was born yesterday. Come on, dog. Like I said, who's Right, cuz I'm sitting there thinking about, about my nephew who's 14 and my nephew would probably talking throw about a bunch of other people media? in media. Like, come on, dog. Uzi's fan base is retarded. They are rabid. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know how Uzi got skipped. You're right. I don't know. Amigo. All right, we're like way over time. Did you listen to anything new this week? You said you listened to Run the Jewels, but technically that came out last Wednesday. I just listened to singles. I didn't listen to any albums. Okay, cool. Besides I'm going to tell you that I listened to Wiley and I have two observations. That finally happened. Yeah, Godfather Part Three dropped. I lost. Um, I lost interest. Uh, so I'm going to tell you this is what I found out. One, I found out that Brooklyn drillers are doing it wrong. And B, I found out that drills just ain't for me, bro. Brooklyn drillers. So let's let's take the first part. Okay. What do you mean? Okay, Brooklyn drillers aren't doing it wrong. What do you mean? They haven't figured out that all the beats don't have to sound the same yet. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago that they're yeah, starting to get there. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one song on this Wiley album where he actually gave me three different beats and three different flows on one song. I'm mad the headline is Wiley releases final album. Final album. Okay, whatever. So we, I just, I just actually listened to a uh, one of my NS10 versus V10s, and they did. UK drill versus international drill. So I got to listen to a whole bunch of drill all day. And um, yeah. I was going to ask you to share that, but don't. It's not for me. It was cool. Y'all know I'm always very good at like knowing the things that are not for me. There's a lot of shit that's not for me. I'm allergic to pineapple. Pineapple ain't for me. Pineapple, good as shit, dog. Pineapple is amazing. I know this because I wasn't always allergic to pineapple, but bring some cut pineapple in here right now. It's not for me. It will literally kill me. And I think Drill will too. 
<laughs> but I really was, I was listening for to a Ballsy song. Wiley. Huh? I was I was listening to a song. Well, you know, because drill UK drill comes from like garage music in the yeah. UK. So yeah. what, what he's doing is post it, what he's doing. He was doing before drill, and right. then so it's weird because okay. Drill comes from two different places. The flow comes from the UK and the music comes from Chicago. Chicago, okay. And somehow you get this meeting in the middle and it became you, uh, uh, Brooklyn Drill. Let me tell you what else fucks up uh, UK Drill for me. The flow, when I think of that flow, the first thing that comes to my head is Big Shaq. In that fire in the booth skit. But that's the gun go <laughs> like that's the first thing that comes into my head is that quick math line mm-hmm. so it's all ruined for me but that was the one album i listened to this week um i saw i want to shout out big javi big javi is uh literally a kid that i've watched grow up and has now released his first project um and it's called uh i lost it it's called no pen no pad just pain um, I want y'all to go check that out, especially all you people who actually no. If you're listening to the show and you think that there's no good art, good new artists out there, like just stop listening. It's fine. We will be okay. We can do without you. We really can't do without y'all. Please, like somebody, <laughs> can y'all just get us a hundred listens on one episode this this month? Can we do that? That's our ask. I would like for us to reach a hundred listens on one episode. That made me feel like the rapper who's on stage, like. Could y'all be quiet and just listen? We always looked at that rapper like he was crazy. Like, yo, just rap. I didn't say be quiet. I just said just listen. No, we just wanted him to rap because... No. Are you telling rap, me to just, if just he, podcast? If he, if he rapped and it was dope, then people would watch. No, our time is coming. Our time is coming. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Uh, go check out Big Javi. Flatbush Zombies dropped an EP as well called Now More Than Ever. I didn't get a chance to check that out, but y'all go check that out. And then we did mention Sammy. Also, dropped, Sammy dropped the whole album album. It's 12, out, 12 tracks. Mm. So I might listen to that tonight since I got to stay up late. Did you, I'm not did you see where I am? Huh? Did, you, did you see, you know, this where I am? Jurassic Park? No, it's Wakanda. Oh, Wakanda. Shout out to T.I. saw mountains <laughs> and I saw an unidentifiable animal next to you. My bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, this week, we're supposed to finally get that Empower Africa project today. So that should mm-hmm. be out already. Um, today, Wednesday, not tomorrow when you guys are listening to the show. And then on Friday, we've got... It's a very odd week. It is. Yeah. Herp. Got Chloe and Haley. Did this RMR project? Well, we must have talked about it early. Yeah, Chloe and Hallie. Uh, okay, so the RMR thing, right? First of all, shout out to Izzy. But did people push? Maybe people push things from last week to so, this week. Yeah, this is what I was about to say. So okay. um, I, we thought RMR was coming out three weeks ago. Then it was supposed to come out last week. And I believe it got pushed this week. Why? Because the full credits were out. Okay. The full credits are out, but all the, all the songs don't have titles. So they just released a single this week. I'm which so sick is, of him. I'm sick I'm, of RMR. So they just released a single this week again. Um, I know Timberland did one, and then Ism and Dunk Rock did another one. Um, so that means Ism has three of them. Also, shout out to Ism for finally 
getting recognition for meeting his MDRC. Uh, fuck APG. What um, does that mean? What? That means he met his publishing requirement. Thank you. So they tried to screw my man, but he just got three records on the RMR joint. So that's coming out this weekend. I, the post is already done. I'm just waiting for the other song titles. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's it. Oh, the uh, Mr. Easy and Empower Africa, which I didn't mention last week because it was supposed mm-hmm. to come out last week. But I think just a lot of people really did push their things. It's called uh, One Day You Will Understand. It's an EP. It uh, is four songs long. And I'm going to definitely listen to that today. And then, yeah, Chloe and Hallie, RMR. Uh, I saw Smoke Perp on here. On the list of things coming out this week. Looks like um who else? Oh, we got Dizzy, Dizzy Wright. Wright. Yeah, Dizzy Wright and Demrick. Who is uh, Demrick? Because this, this looks like something they've done before. Yeah, because this is a uh, part two. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what made me figure out that this was something they did before. It's I'm gonna make you really one. laugh. One of the songs on this list, it says three of eleven, like they have the the lyrics for three of eleven songs. Oh. And I thought it was the group three eleven coming out with a new project because that's what's been happening all year, right? Is old people coming out with new, new old shit. bands back out. Back out. Uh did you listen to Gaga? When did Gaga even drop? Was I listened, that two weeks ago I, now? Yeah, I, I I missed it, but I did listen to the song with Ariana Grande, and it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> and I like Gaga, just in time but that for one just—I don't know. I guess I'm just not. I don't know. I'm just not listen, in the mood for it. Pineapple. I love pineapple, but it ain't for everybody. Whatever you're not eating, just send my way. Whatever, whatever comes my way is gonna get cooked and eaten cooked because I can so, eat it when it's cooked. Is Little Peep dropping this album today? Who? This is supposed to be his post. Little Pete passed away. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I can't be mean to dead people. You're right. Um. Damn. So they're supposed to be dropping his posthumous album um, today. So we'll check on that to see if that happens. Speaking of posthumous albums, I want to shout out uh, Stephen Victor, who is um, who was Pop Smoke's manager, mm-hmm. and whose label Victor Victor. Records is Victor Victor Worldwide is um actually the company that's going to release that Pop Smoke record. So he's the one really like out there working and making it happen. He launched a nonprofit arm of his label now called Victor Victor World, uh, Victor Victor Foundation, and started it with a million dollars. Put a million dollars of his own money into the foundation and said, um, it's a starting point, and I know it's it's going to take much more than that to affect real change. Um, and in a statement, basically, he said that they are, that he is trying to do his part to continue the fight to affect systemic change, to support economic empowerment for our next generation, and to aid in the needs of our community. What I want to reinforce to you guys and to you kids is that there are people out there with money that will support your endeavors and now is the time to have conversations with these people. Y'all and, are trying to get Stephen Victor to sign you. And maybe you should be doing something else with your life. Like um, writing a business plan. Hmm. You know how important it is to just write out what you're going to do in a succinct way and hand it to somebody versus sending them a DM. 
Or jumping into a great conversation on Zoom and telling people that your album's available. Ooh, that was terrible. It was a shit show. Mm-hmm. So next week, you're going to get all those Where the Fuck Have You Been? So you got Bob Dylan. Oh, God. You got Bauer. Remember that guy? Yes. Bauer and, uh, and uh, Just Blaze had a song out. Uh, you got Jason Miraz. 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 How do I know um, who you were talking about as soon as you said Jason and paused? <laughs> and uh, Neil Young. Yeah. So, and Switchfoot. Switchfoot. Whew. All right, you guys. Um, that is going to do it. You know what it says? Tomorrow, inspired by you, I'm going to listen to um, Come Home With Me from beginning to end. Yes. Yeah, I've never you heard, heard that album from yeah. No, I was hoping you weren't going to say that. No. You know, that's what I do on Thursdays. I find some shit no. that y'all niggas really thought I should have heard by now. You know what? Before Surprise. you do, before you do, text Just and tell him you've never heard that album. Just ain't gonna do shit. Just text him. Just listen. Just Blaze and I had a conversation <laughs> on social media last week about some shit that he had a hit record on that he has never heard from beginning to end. Some shit that he's like one of the only people that has original, like all the joints, and he's never heard it. So if we were friends on Facebook, like me and Sis are, you could go and find that conversation and know what album we're talking about. But y'all can't be my friends on Facebook. So just can't tell me nothing. I just want I just want him to know that you've never heard one right. of the best one of the you know, best I'm body gonna do it on Facebook. I'm gonna okay. do it on Facebook and I'm gonna tag you in the comments Please just do. what he says. Please do. <laughs> I I'm might pull up. I might and, pull up on you. I might pull up on you with a mask and listen to it with you. And oh, that would be fun. Let's do that, or you know, at least like on Skype or something. And while I'm fairly certain I have heard this album from beginning to end, because I listened to, uh, I listened to Mac. So I listened to Magna Carta, Holy Grail today again because I'm in that small minority of people that. You know, it's not one of Jay's classics. I like it. I love that album. It's like four songs on there that I could really just do without. Right. Like I but pretend everything after BBC didn't happen. Right. And I enjoy BBC, even though it's ridiculous. But <laughs> everything before BBC is great. Um, and then somebody said, "You really, you know, like I hate that album, but I love Kingdom Come." And I was like, "What?" So I went and I listened to that again. And as I was listening to that, you know, of course, because I had made a, a comment on Facebook, of course, you can't talk about Jay-Z albums without niggas bringing up Reasonable Doubt. And I said, you know what? Have I heard Reasonable Doubt from beginning to end? I have. I mean, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have, although that album does not hold for me the weight that it does for the rest of you motherfuckers. It does not. But... I'm going to listen to it again tomorrow. <laughs> what? I've got I know 22 say. tools by heart, though. What about Brooklyn Tarnas? No... Huh? Yeah, I know. That's, that's, a, that's a major record. But I was just saying, I don't know that I've necessarily heard that. I mean, I know I have. I have. I have. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> you know, you call yourself a Jay-Z stand. We got to talk. I am. Okay. I am. And it's fine. Me and Blue can discover that album together. 
<laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us today. He is at scissor215 on all social media. And she's at Saint Boogie if you need the spell of this right there. The Saint is spelled out and the Boogie is real. I keep forgetting. Well, I mean, no, the, there's some people that are listening, so they can't see your nifty graphics. Uh, the show is at the chopping block. No, it's at the chop block pod on everything but Instagram, where it is at chop block chop pod. pod. And the brand is at iStandard. All right, y'all. Peace.